listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. All right, so hey, welcome to General Admission. This is episode seven. My name's Alessandra, and I'm here with Jen. Hey, guys. And we're also here with a very special guest, if you'd like to say hello and introduce yourself. G'day, uh, I'm Quang. Um, I'm from a band called Moon Lover from Melbourne. Nice. So to give our listeners like a little bit of an intro onto who you are and like your band of Moon Lover, just want to like quickly sum up you, your band, like the music that you kind of make, your influences, really just kind of a little summary so people can get to know you and get to know our hosts a little bit better. And then it turns into like a 10 minute tangent. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> to you. Uh, well, Moon Lover started off about um, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I just started off playing some solo shows with the intention that I would make a record eventually. Yeah, and so... I just kind of thought I would um, record an album before actually starting a band Um, because usually you start a band and then you play live and then there's so many people pulling things in so many directions that uh, the vision kind of gets diluted a little bit. Mm. Um, But I guess this time around, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make a final finished product um, before starting a band together. So yeah, I spent nine months in my studio called Pink Slime, which is just my bedroom here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, making this album, uh, tracking it, writing it, recording it, mixing it, doing the whole thing uh, in here. Kind of just like my own little secret project. Like I didn't really um, show it to anyone or like share it with anyone. Like people knew I was doing something. But um, yeah. And then, yeah, once the album was finished, um, shopped it around to a few labels and uh, this label, Melbourne label called Our Golden Friend uh, really dug it so I signed to them and then I started a live band about six months ago when we started playing these songs live Nice Yeah that's awesome and, and how have you been finding the new materials been translating you know with the new band and you know taking the songs on the road for the first time Um well, there's a lot of tracks on the record um, in terms of like each individual track has so many um, instruments on it. Like some of them go up to like 50, 60, 70 tracks oh, on them. Okay. So, so I don't really have the uh, resources to get 50 or 60 people <laughs> in my band. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, to have an orchestra and everything. Uh, but yeah, I guess um, what we're doing live is just completely different versions of the songs. Um, I think the further we progress uh, in time, um, we'll be able to get more and more parts down. But yeah, for the moment, we're we're still we're just still progressing with these songs live. Nice. Yeah, for sure. And I guess it's like it's a challenge that a lot of musicians face, you know, even like established bands in terms of, you know, trying to bring their songs live because there are just so many elements and so many instruments and then they find, oh, hey, I can't actually replicate this live and it just sounds, you know, diluted. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find, sorry, you you answer that question first and then I'll (laughs) ask a question. (laughs) Um, Well, I feel like, uh, I feel like these songs really stand up, um, bare bones or with all the ornaments um 
like the lyrics are there, there's, there's melodies, and I think, um, you know, just as long as the spirit of the songs comes out, um, I think they move and, move and breathe and they're alive with people and they mm. mean something, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of spirits, I'm going to get into that a little bit later because I know one of your tracks kind of, you know, delves into that. It got a little bit trippy, but I'll get to that a little bit later. But that's probably a perfect segue into our first segment, which is what's on your playlist. So for those of you that are just tuning in, that's basically a segment where we pick some of our favorite tracks of the week, things that we've been really been vibing on and kind of just delve into them and, and why we like them. So, um, Quang, I wanted you to kick us off for this week. What's one song at the moment that you've really got stuck in your head? Um, well, one song that I constantly listen to that is a source of, source of inspiration, um, not only for this band, but just for... Just feel like the kind of dreaming mind to come out in um, in the winter time. Uh, it's uh, Claire de Lune by Claude de- Debussy. Mm-hmm. It's nice. uh, one of my favorite pianists, and uh, when I got into him, I was like, he is my man. Um, <laughs> He's dreamy, he's surreal, uh, he's progressive, and yeah, his song just goes through so many different movements and really kind of has that uh, watery moonlight kind of thing that I think I'm going for as well. Mm nice yeah definitely and i guess like what i really love about your music is that there's no shortage of imagery like you can listen to the same song like on the record you know more than once and you you know you'll pick up different things and different images every time i, I guess at least that's my experience mm-hmm. of it um have it from what you've heard or yeah yeah i like that, that kind of you know that atmospheric sort of like idea and that that whole thing about like i don't know i'm just such a sucker for like honestly before i was here this morning i was looking at like this like um astrology twitter <laughs> i'm so like embarrassed about this um but like i love um you know but like the t- all that stupid stuff where it's not the actual like proper astrology the one where it's like signed as tv shows or <laughs> but i actually i really enjoy astrology and i kind of like how that's that's at least my interpretation i guess like it might not be like your intention but i kind of like that interwoven like between everything does that make sense yeah bit of a tangent i always find it difficult to like explain one of the um one of the reasons that the name of the band is called moon lover is Mm. um i was born under the cancer sign right Mm. but that's just one of the reasons yeah what is your star sign are you are you really into astrology or uh not yeah i'm I'm into it yeah yeah I'm into astrology, I'm into tarot cards, I'm into the I Ching, if you know the I Ching. I've heard of it, not very familiar though. It's yeah. like an ancient Chinese book of changes, so okay, it's, right. it's like a divination thing as well, mm-hmm. um, but more to do with like yin and yang kind of things. Right. Nice. Yeah, I just that just dredges up memories of me having this like massive tarot card collection like as a kid and like actually being really fascinated, fascinated by it and mm. wanting to learn how to use it. Yeah. yeah. Then I realized I was probably never going to, you know, yeah. make something out of it. But, you yeah. know. See, I feel like... There's on still the... time. 
you can become a fortune teller in the yeah, future. Exactly. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, there's this, I actually have this app. You've probably heard of it, but it's called Time Passages. And you put in uh, like you put in like your birthday and the location of where you're born and like the time and it gives you your birth chart. So it gives oh, you a yeah, bit I've more Yeah, so nice. it gives you a bit more of an in depth like explanation of like your sun, your moon and your rising signs. Which What are your star signs? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got it up actually just right here. Um, so I'm a Scorpio sun, like I was born in November, so I'm a Scorpio, um, but Capricorn moon and Scorpio rising. So I'm like pretty much a Scorpio, I guess. Nice. Just like a very volatile sign. Apparently. Yeah, aren't they like really so, firing? So I, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't think I'm that volatile, but like. I like Scorpios. My brother's a Scorpio. Yeah. Oh, nice. What about, what about, did you say you were a Cancer or? Cancer man. Yeah. Nice. Gina, what's your stuff? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Mm. Capricorn, ooh. Yeah, my, my entire family, like, about 90% of my family are all Sagittarius. Really? Literally, like... That, that's a bit creepy. Family, it's really weird. Um, so, yeah, we don't that really... be hectic at the dinner table. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one stops talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to segue this. And, sorry? My mom's a Sagittarius and she can't... She, she never stops talking. She's wild. She's mad. Mm. In my a good auntie way. is my <laughs> uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know. <laughs> anyway, now with absolutely no segue at all. How do you how do we segue yeah. this? What is your first track? My first track um, is an artist called Borns. Um, I don't know if you've like heard of him. Um, he's touring next week, supporting Lana Del Rey. Um, he's also doing a couple of um, side shows. Um, I think two sold-out Melbourne shows and a Sydney show, oh, nice. um, which I'm going to. But it's really cool because this guy, um, Garrett Bournes is his name. Um, and he kind of creates like very like ele- electro-pop almost, but it's very 80s inspired, which I really enjoy. And um, he's also like quite um, like when you actually hear him sing he has like a very feminine voice like he has a really high um register? high rate high register yeah so um i guess like upon hearing one of his songs you might not even like register that like he's a guy singing right. but then also the other thing that i like about him is that he's very like he kind of like pushes those like gender boundaries like he has long hair he'll wear makeup on stage and um i guess just like his look is very androgynous which i really i really like and um, the song that I was going to talk about is a track called um, I Don't Want You Back. And every time I ask you about something, baby, you're changing the story. Just so you know that when you go, I am begging for you back. Which is one of the singles off his new album. And um, yeah, it's just like very 80s, like synth pop and almost like a little bit slow, like one of those like rainy day songs. Mm. And um, yeah, very cool. <laughs> bit of a tangent but there you go yeah but that's really cool because like usually when you say androgyny and mm. music i immediately think of like rock music right but it's really cool to kind of see that you know mm. coming back into pop a little bit Klein, what are your thoughts on that um well i'm a big david bowie fan mm. so all that kind of well any kind of androgyny is cool with me like um <laughs> mm. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really know what to say, really. Um, I, I, um, I just think, uh, if the music's good, the music's good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess I think just one of the things that um, just really just prevails in this day and age is unfortunately that image is so tied to music. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time, like a lot of people just won't, you know, appreciate the crux of the music because they're too, you know, um, you know, bound mm. on, you know, what a certain person looks like. And it's kind of sad to mm. see that. Yeah, although I guess, like, the thing with, like, the introduction of the internet and, like, the whole, like, the way that, like, you're essentially able to, like, market your music without anyone knowing who, like, what you look like. Whereas, I Mm. guess, like, traditionally, when people, like, used to watch TV and, like, um, well, I mean, radio, I guess not necessarily that kind of (laughs) supports my argument, but I feel like because of, like, the internet, there's a lot more of, like, you're allowed to be more anonymous and, like... That's true. You traditionally may have had to be so i guess like maybe image doesn't necessarily play a part but then if you also have like a great instagram aesthetic maybe someone will listen to your music you know what i mean yeah or they may may never want to listen to it again who knows (laughs) i find it really hard um because like you want to maintain some kind of mystery Mm. um to the artist but everybody like promotion and marketing these days like a lot of it is based on social media which Mm. is kind of feeds this um you know uh just over self-involvement which is not and, and it's like extracurricular to the making of music yeah mm. um, which is really annoying <laughs> but, um in some ways like uh some people can make it like an art form in itself so that's when it becomes interesting mm, yeah definitely i'm thinking maybe when we promote this episode we'll be like this is episode seven featuring the mystery man. Then yes. people can click and they can find out. But. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What about, um, I don't know how to segue this, Jen. You're always so good at segues, but like, what's your next track? <laughs> okay, so this is coming back to my comment about spirits. Um, and this is one of your tracks, actually, Quang, and this is Mind Vendor. And it's one of my favorites because literally like it just, there's so many different images that that pop into my head and you kind of have to listen to the lyrics again and again for different things. Like you talk about aliens. I mean, there's someone playing on a piano. There's this imagery of like conscious sand. It's, it's so cool. And then I feel like your vocals have a bit of a Billy Corgan vibe as well. Like at least that's what I take from it. It's very ethereal. Um, and are there cowbells on the song? There are cowbells. Mm. I love a good old cowbell. Yeah, I love cowbells. <laughs> Smacking it. Oh. Smacking a cowbell. It feels good. It feels right. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites in the album. And also just down to the intro where it's, like, distorted guitar. And it's not even notes. It's just guitar sounds. And then you've got, like, the sound of birds that kind of contrasts with it. Like, it's just, it's so clever. There's birds in there? But, well, yeah, there are birds in the beginning. At least that's what I heard. But, <laughs> hey, music is down to interpretation, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I love the album artwork. <laughs> the album artwork yes. is very. I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about the album? Uh, the album artwork. <laughs> yeah, the album artwork's done um by this Melbourne collage artist called Dali Platt, and um, she's uh she's just a friend from another band, and I follow her on Instagram mm. or Instagram friends and all that kind of thing. Um, but I was out in America earlier in April last year and I couldn't sleep one night and I was just flicking through the Instagram and then trying to think up at the same time I was trying to think up like um, what do I do for the cover art and this image popped up 
and I was like, this is the one. I just <laughs> felt it. It gave me tingles. I thought, I thought it was beautiful. Um, so what we've got on the album cover is um, an old, like, 50s, maybe 60s mm. car um, with a big orange octopus on the back of it um, sliding down this kind of space landscape <laughs> with a golden sun or moon, an orb that's coming out of the sky. Um, yeah, it's really mm. beautiful. And I thought, like, the collage aspect of um, the artwork kind of mirrored the collage aspect of me making making all the songs. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Did you find it, like, difficult? Um, I guess this is, like, a bit of a different kind of thing, but you talk about, you know, you coming together and kind of making all these tracks um, yourself, but then did you kind of find it, like, a little bit difficult to find members, like, for your live act, or did you already have people in mind, or, like... Yeah, I, I did have people in mind. Like, okay. I yeah. actually made a whole list of people <laughs> oh. that six months and they kind of swirled around my brain and I, I kind of imagined playing with um, different configurations of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, when the album was done, it was kind of, I just showed um, certain people the record and people were keen to play. So it wasn't, wasn't too difficult to find people that yeah. I wanted to play. And That's do you feel like you have the, the right lineup? Like, have you... Are you are you the Dave Grohl <laughs> of your band? Or are you even considering rotating lineups? <laughs> it's like the only band that I can think of where like the members came after. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think we've got a pretty solid lineup. Um, we've kind of all the people that I've I've asked to play are tremendously busy because they're all um, stellar musicians. So it's kind of been um a bit hard to like get the uh, find the right people in terms of like having enough time to rehearse mm -hmm. and get things together but um yeah the lineup's pretty solid at the moment nice. yeah that's cool but i mean there's also something to be said about you know rotating lineups and injecting you know fresh life into different into different sets and having different people yeah that is That'd true. Be pretty cool yeah Absolutely. I mean, like I said before, I'd like to expand the band at some point. That'd be pretty nice. cool. Cool. Um, so I don't actually have a segue into this. I mean, sometimes my segues are good, sometimes I don't yeah, have any. Well, but what is your second track that you've been, <laughs> you know, vibing on? Um, well, this second track is uh, a track that I've been listening to over and over because um, I'm playing tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know when, when you're broadcasting this, but... Um, I'm playing down at the Tote with uh, Angel Olsen. And I've got a little surprise song for her that I've been learning. Oh, and, uh, oh nice. I just thought it'd be, like, a, a little bit sweet. You know, maybe she'll fall in love with me. Yeah. <laughs> the um, only way. The only way to do it. But right. If you're a fan of Back to the Future, um, I'm going to sing uh, Earth Angel by Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. You know mm -hmm. the one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Earth Angel, Earth Angel, <laughs> will you be mine? I could just listen to that little snippet How, on yeah. repeat. How's it going? How's the rehearsal <laughs> for it? 
Have it's you... good. I'm trying to get my, my quivering 50s, 60s crooner voice going on yeah. to, to melt hearts, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's the only reason people play music is just, you know, find a partner. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares about the music? It's just about, like, yeah. impressing people. That's it. <laughs> Do you have a song that you were thinking about that you would use to impress anybody? Um, well, actually, <laughs> considering the like name a, of this song, a love song, I'll just... It's not a love song, but I'll pretend that, you know... I mean, I mean, like, it's got a really cool name. So I'm not sure if you've heard of a fellow Melbourne band called Perch Creek. Never heard of them, Perch Creek. Perch Creek. Check them out. They're, like, really cool. They've got, like, I think five members. But this is um their latest track off their debut album, um, which they're releasing. And so this track's called Gold Shop. Well, I told you she's a And it's this really cool, like, 70s-esque, like, funk number. It's, like, really cool. Like, it, it, But it starts off with, like, a killer drum intro that you don't expect for the kind of song that follows. And then it's just a really just, like, sultry, fun, kind of, like, funk mm. funk track. And the vocals, they're pretty killer. Yeah. They're just... Yeah, we talk about a lot of, like, 70s and like, 80s funk, like, yeah. inspired music <laughs> on yeah. this show. I just noticed a trend <laughs> because the song I'm going to talk about also... Touches on that, but Segway. finish your <laughs> explanation. <laughs> no, but that's pretty much it. So yeah, the song's called Gold Shop, and these guys will be touring um, from May, like all the way into July. They're doing a lot of regional places. Nice. So yeah, they're going to be on a mammoth tour for Very a while. Nice. But um, yeah. So what was this funk track that you wanted well, to talk about? I wouldn't say it's like necessarily like a funk, but there is definitely like some kind of like funk elements i guess you would say mm. um and this is i mean obviously you guys have like all heard of haim like this is i, I really i love haim <laughs> i saw haim last year as as like one of their um splendor sideshows and i've like spoken about this before but i liked them but i didn't necessarily like love them before the show and um I just, you know, I fell in love with Haim. They're really, really talented. And just before they released their new album last year, Something to Tell You, they released this, like, 15-minute video on their YouTube called Valentine, which is a performance of three tracks from their album. And the title track is the track that I was going to talk about, Something to Tell You. We're running in the same damn place. But at first, I'll give up. I could never let you go. And um, it's like the middle song that they play in. And I was just watching it last night. And I just, the way that it's like put together because Danielle is singing and playing drums at the same time. Yeah, that's And like, cool. I think that's the cool thing because live, like they have a drummer who plays with them. But in the studio, all three of them can play drums. So they track their own drums, which I don't know, like a lot of people might not know. Well, I didn't like know at least until I saw them, saw the live video. And, um, yeah, I just think it's really cool that, like, in this video that you can see her, like, singing, playing drums and, like, not just an easy, like, you know, beat. It's pretty difficult. <laughs> and, yeah, she's just singing, playing drums, and everyone's playing around her, and it's a cool little track. <laughs> Is that something that you, you know, you've done um, playing, even just on this record or even, you know, just jamming? Yeah. Have you been, you know, behind the kit while singing? Yeah. Um, I, I like to sing, read while I'm playing the drums and uh, have a glass of wine while I'm playing the drums uh, write while I'm playing the drums yeah there's a lot of things you can do <laughs> um, yeah multitasking hey 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I see, I've always tried to, like, I've always wanted to learn drums, and I have a drum kit, like, at my house, but I just can never, like, I've never been good at it. Like, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> you just need, like, uh, three drum beats to master. And yeah, then, and then you just learn the fills. <laughs> Maybe we should yeah, have, like, a, a whole, like, drum sessions with, with Quang. <laughs> On another separate episode. <laughs> but um, yeah. definitely want to um, try this concept, have some Skype lessons. I just have to look, if I can play, like, if I learn drums, like, I could track an entire song. Like, that's my, that's the only that thing would that would be, yeah, cool, because you can play, me. like, guitar. like, I can play guitar and... and I can play bass and, like, I can kind of sing. So the drums are the only thing that, like, stop me. It's I have to missing. Put, I have to put, like, electronic yeah. drums, like, through Ableton, like, onto my, <laughs> onto my songs. <laughs> um, some of, some of like the drums on this record, "Thou Shall Be Free." Um, yeah, a lot of it because I don't pl- drums is, ain't my main instrument. But yeah. um, when I recorded it, I would just cut up little bits and um, yeah, kind of collage them together to get something. Yeah. So now, so speaking of songs, yes. we're going to um, dive into our second segment, which is our in-depth track review. So that's basically where, we, well, you, um, Quang, pick one of your tracks on your new album and kind of, you know, dive into it. You know, you can talk about anything from like a story while writing it, the instrumentation, mm-hmm. kind of what your mindset going into the song. But yeah, yeah. pick anyone from yeah. um, the record. Even like the meaning or if there's any like quirky stories behind one track. Just pick or all of it. <laughs> pick any track. <laughs> um, well, I've chosen a track called uh, Mekong Delta Blues, which is kind of um, it's an instrumental song. Uh, my dad uh, introduces the song. Um, he didn't know he was introducing the song. I didn't know he was introducing the song. <laughs> um, but I've been recording um, conversations with him. Uh, secretly recording conversations with him just um, just for because he's getting old you know mm. and I, I just want to some of some of the stories um, that he tells me I don't want to be lost because I'm I'm uh, second I think you call it second generation Vietnamese I was born here he was born in Vietnam mm. um, so the, when he introduces the song what we've got is um, his I think I was just at his place um, having a cup of tea or dinner or something. He was um, just translating some of his poems that he's, he'd, he'd written to me. Um, yeah, and so at the start of the song, he just talks about this poem um, about kind of how after the Vietnam War happened, um, all his family... Uh, just were like blasted all across the world. Like I've got family in um, Canada, um, Boston, Houston, France, wow. Germany. Um, yeah, some in Melbourne as well. But they're all over the world. And um, I guess uh, this song, Mekong Delta Blues, it's kind of the blues is um, just kind of having no direction home kind of thing, like mm. not being able to go um, back, you know, like having that nostalgia for something that uh, uh, you can't get anymore and being separated from all your family. Mm. That's the kind of blues. Uh, it's kind of a sweet blues. It's, it's not like a depressing 
heaps depressing blues, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's more of a sweet memory of the days when uh, I guess things were like more more innocent, mm. sweeter. Yeah, and and it's cool that you can you know kind of project his voice. It's almost like you're you're living vicariously through him mm. through this song. Like that's kind of the vibe that that yeah. I got from it. Yeah, and I think that also too, I guess like that idea of um you know like a lot of us especially like in australia i think that's like a lot of australians can kind of relate to that because like my parents were born overseas and like i was born here but like my parents are argentinian and like uruguayan so our family is like kind of everywhere as well and i think everyone has their own like unique way to relate to that because i guess like me too like my family is everywhere and it's not like you go back to Argentina and everyone's there. Like, everyone's sort of spread out. Yeah, you're kind of a big family reunion. And it really hard to coordinate. Yeah, <laughs> and, but I mean, also, too, like, I guess the idea of, like, culture and identity and, like, maybe this isn't the intention that you had, but I guess, like, I feel like it's a dialogue that a lot of Australians can relate to because a lot of us were, like, born here or, like, our parents migrated here. But there's also that, like, a slight loss of culture because, like, growing up in Australia is already that, like, disconnection from like your parents culture i guess does that make sense mm-hmm. or this that's how i i guess interpreted it i think the, the blues is kind of exactly that feeling like the loss of culture like i mean i i've been back to vietnam four times and um you know i really do love it there but like i'm kind of separate from um i'm not i'm accepted to a certain extent over yeah. there but i'm not truly accepted and i can't I don't have the language skills to to be fully accepted over there. Yeah. So it's kind of this um, shaky shaky middle ground where um, you're kind of uh, from two cultures, but you're also from neither of them. And yeah. You kind of. I don't know. It's it's a hard thing. The identity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I guess like if you happened. like here in Australia, because everyone. Like, if someone asks you, or, like, if someone asks me, like, where are you from? Or, like, what's your background? I'd say, like, you know, like, my family's Spanish. But then, like, if you go back to South America or back to Spain, if someone asks you where you're from, like, you'd say you're Australian. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, it's literally, yeah, you, you flip it depending on where you are. Yeah, exactly, which is, I guess, like, your point as well is that, like, even though you're kind of from those two, like places you still aren't necessarily like a hundred percent part of each culture like i guess you could argue that like you're more australian because like you live here and like you've grown up here but at the same time i don't know yeah it's but. a real wigger yeah <laughs> it's really hard to answer the question where are you from yeah mm. sometimes i tell people um melbourne vietnam <laughs> and even yeah. though melbourne is not in vietnam <laughs> And sometimes I tell people I'm from the east edge of the Milky Way. Oh my god, I literally was about to ask if you asked if you, you said that I'm from the moon or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the east edge. I, I think I am from the moon as well, to be honest. Like, I've got a oh, for sure. brain on me. Yeah, I feel like if you could like put an essence of the moon, whatever that would look like, if that would be a gas or a liquid, and yeah. channel it into music, mm. that's Moon Lover. I mean, we're all humans anyway. Thank we're all you. part of the same galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Um, but I've been thinking, like, you know, when I was younger, during, um, you know, my more psychedelic years, uh, 
you know, the whole idea that we are all one and everything like that. Like, mm. I used to be really into that, but the older I get, the more I realize we're all from different universes. And um, the longer each of us individually are here, it's kind of like um, we kind of have our own belief systems in our own heads mm. and we kind of like just kind of... Um, yeah, I see people from different planets all the time. Yeah. And some are uh, unreachable and some are reachable. You know, it's weird. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be, like, cool to understand where, you know, some people's thoughts, you know, come yeah. from. But this is the thing, like, sometimes you just don't understand people. Like, it's yeah. true. Like, you just, no matter how you try, how hard you try, you just, like, can't get someone. And then other people, like, you connect straight away. So that kind of goes back to your argument as well like people are <laughs> some people are very very different like from you some people are from different planets i feel like i used to believe we are all one that kind of thing <laughs> yeah that... one one big mind one big universe all on the same trip it's just the truman show oh god it, i feel like it's like kind of fitting that i'm doing um a course on abnormal psychology while doing <laughs> doing this um episode but yeah it, it's all really fascinating <laughs> What happens in abnormal psychology? So, well, it's basically like a course where it delves into like, you know, the history of psychology, you know, how people thought that like mental disorders were really just spirits, you know, seizing people and, you know, demons and that. And then all the way up to like, you know, people realizing that, you know, that you could cure some things with medicine and then all the way up to now where there's like all these different technologies, but there's still so much that they don't understand about even just like things like depression and anxiety like things that people think you know are really you know really common and they know a lot about i mean there's still so much we don't know and i guess that's mm. the fascination with psychology yeah what, what the, the unknown is yeah yeah because it's kind of um i guess it's not uh a, a, a true science in terms of like you can't get into somebody's head so deeply that you can see mm. um, the operations of like the mechanics of chemicals exactly producing like thoughts and behaviors like mm-hmm. yeah and kind of still like a dark world in there and like even if you did get into someone's head like that deep that's just one person it's like exactly yeah that's the thing it's the know, moment that you know everyone's different yeah how you treat you know certain diseases and certain people in terms of you know individual cases but also what you know a large portion of of, of you know your case might be yeah. feeling it's it's all really complex You're dealing with too much too much uh big data oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm doing a stats course at the moment. So <laughs> that, that would help. All the, all the statistical terms are in my head, even though I don't want them to be. <laughs> Big data. That sounds so scary. Big data, covariance, correlation. You lost me at covariance. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a marketing major. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling to comprehend why. Anyway, that's fine. But um, I guess talking about uni and going up on, on that tangent um, kind of brings us into our next segment, which is our non-music related segment. So basically, we kind of just talk about anything except music. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I wanted to go back to those, you know, recorded conversations that you have with your dad. It's really fascinating. Sure. Um, you know, what was one of the most eye-opening or even, like, weird kind of, you know, conversations that you guys have had? Um, eye-opening or weird? Um, you know, I guess, uh, 
you know, Vietnamese families are pretty conservative uh, with the sharing of information um, and like uh, personal things. Um, but listening to some of my dad's poems, like he was a really uh, romantic young man, which kind of really surprised me because like he's usually, you know, stoic, um, just like firm, you know, kind of masculine, uh, just uh, tough and kind of not forthcoming with, with things like like feelings and um, how he felt about things. But yeah, some of these poems were about like making love in a field as a young man kind of thing. So um, I thought that was pretty nice for him to share with me. Also just stories about um, just like being in the Vietnam War or or growing up as a kid while um, World War Two was happening and the end of it um, and how that affected people in Vietnam because um, yeah the Japanese uh, kind of occupied Vietnam for a while mm. and um, the what I found out was they took all like a lot of um, the food stocks that the Vietnamese had, had made and so there was like a famine and lots of people died mm. in Vietnam that was interesting I, didn't, I hadn't heard about that before um, but probably his best story was um, getting on the boat and figuring out how to how to get out of Vietnam that's a really long story I don't know if you want me to get into it okay if you if you could somehow sum it up with three words okay th- I mean and that might be a difficult task but if you, if you could sum it up in three words or a couple sentences yeah. even um, it was so, it was like something out of a movie. Like wow. it was like he was gambling with him and his family's life. Uh, you know, things could have turned one way, and I would not exist, and he wouldn't exist, and the family wouldn't exist. But things turned out this way. So there's a lot of um, fate involved, and kind of like dangerous decision making that you kind of see in the movies. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is real life. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, it's really fascinating hearing about different cultures and especially, you know, your own one where there, there's still so much you don't know about it. But a culture that also, like, that's not yours that you've been fascinated with, right, is African culture. And that's kind of where, you know, Queen of Sheba, you know, kind yeah. of stems from. And, like, I understand that you kind of, like, once you realised, you know, you had a fascination with it, you kind of wanted to connect with that because it's, like, so separate from Western culture and it's largely kind mm. of ignored, um, you know, you started watching some movies and documentaries, you know, on the subject. What are a couple of those that you really like that you would probably recommend to someone that wants to delve into all of that? I would just type in um, history of Africa into the YouTube. I didn't specifically uh, set out um, with any specific documentaries that I saw. It was just YouTube stuff. Mm. But, um, it's kind of like a big hole because I live in – the reason I, I got into African – got interested in, in African culture is I live in um, Melbourne's West in a place called Footscray and um, there's a big uh, Vietnamese community and there's also a big uh, African community here and I moved I moved to Footscray about two or three years ago and um, yeah I just realized how much of a gap in my knowledge there was of Africa and I think a gap in coverage 
uh, in Western media coverage of the continent. I don't think Western media really cares. Mm. Um, so, so I just kind of made it my mission to figure out what's going on. And I guess it's interesting, um, just the history of colonialism and like how that's, uh, affected the continent. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the 1940s, uh, all, all the European, um, all the European countries trying to get a slice of this pie, which is Africa. Yeah, the scramble for Africa mm. and how, like, just decades on, like, they're still feeling the effects. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's kind of an un, yeah, I, I think it's generally not, not known about, um, People just assume that it's a poor country because it's just poor <laughs> or some poor continent because it's poor or, you, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the colonialists had a lot to do with that. Yeah, so um, heading into our last part of this segment, I um, actually got a segue here mm. because I wanted to return back to, you know, living in Footscray. Um, so I wanted like to know, you know, what are some things, you know, about, you know, your hometown that even people in Footscray might not even know about? So, so in terms of like hidden bars, natural spots, you know, what's something that people might not know about Footscray? Well, there's, um, there's a nice free tennis court that... Uh, is deluxe because um, usually tennis courts aren't free, are they? No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I figured out there was a free tennis court down there, and I've been playing with one of my mates here and there. That's been fun. Um, little secrets about Footscray. Yeah, take us to your haunts or any spots mm. kind of tucked um, away. I don't know. Like this, this just like I really just like. Um, Shopping down at the Vietnamese stores and speaking to the um, shopkeepers, uh, mm. it's it's real special for me to be able to, you know, have be um, using, utilizing, uh, speaking Vietnamese every mm. day mm. Um, to people. It's um, yeah, it's it's great to be, you know, involved in in uh, Vietnamese people's lives and, and, you know, walking around talking to people about stuff. Yeah, I guess that's one way, you know, potentially bridging the gap, you know, between, yeah. like, your Vietnamese heritage, you know, living in Australia is talking to people that, you know, yeah. speak the language, you know, every day that, that, that live here as well and they yeah. work here. And, and I guess there's also that, like, um, you, there's, like, that instant connection, you know what I mean? Like, you instantly have, like, something in common and you know what I mean? Like, there's already that connection. I don't know. You can expand on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> people, it's like when I went to Vietnam um, a few years back, uh, when people figured, people thought I was Japanese or something. Um, but when I started speaking Vietnamese to them, um, you know, they'd get me a chair out and offer me discounts for everything and <laughs> start talking to me and invite me back to their home and then they'd bring their daughters out and, like, offer one of their daughters. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, like, this is a bit much. Um, Just like it's, it's kind of, yeah, um, the Vietnamese community is a pretty strong community 
and um, yeah, there's there's a kind of common understanding, uh, I believe, because we're all we kind of have very similar stories about how how we got here. Mm. Like I just have one of them, but there's zillions of them, and um, yeah, it's a shared experience kind of thing. Yeah, do you we're find we're all in the same boat trying to figure out what's going on. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Do you get that same like reaction when you meet um, Vietnamese people in in Melbourne or in Australia in general? That kind of welcoming, like, is there that excitement of like meeting someone else who's Vietnamese? <laughs> well, see, look, because I guess I base that on like my personal experience because like there's a really small like South American community in Australia, or at least in Sydney. Sure. Like, there's not very many. So when you like find someone who speaks Spanish, it's, it's like, like oh my god, like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because I don't meet and many people that like have the same like cultural identity outside my like family circle so you know you find someone that speaks spanish and like it's almost like you know your family and they get really excited and nine times out of ten they know your grandparents um but like do you have that same experience like i guess given that there's like a bigger vietnamese community like is it the same kind of thing like for you like is there that sorry (laughs) um no i I think it's um there is a, a large community. It's more like just an everyday kind of experience, but like uh, we take pleasure in that everyday yeah. kind mm. of experience. Mm. Like even though there's there's no like um, big big hoo ha or or anything <laughs> when we see each other down the street because yeah, right um, happens all the time. People in Footscray are Vietnamese, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, there's. I don't know. There's just a nice sense walking down the street mm. that you, you you might be somewhere where you might belong. Yeah. Yeah. So taking um, pleasure in familiarity. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this uh, earlier this year, um, there's a Lunar New Year festival, mm. um, Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, mm. and that's really an awesome thing culturally speaking. Like just walking down the street thousands of Vietnamese people hanging out having a good time um, and all the kind of bad karaoke and food <laughs> comes with it you know oh, the food. It's, it's, it's really beautiful yeah yeah. Mm. yeah it's a really special thing to be a part of it is I think, yeah and nice. I think that's a perfect way to um, to end the podcast episode <laughs> nice cool yeah, thanks so much for having yeah, me, guys. Right. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for jumping on. And yeah. um, you know, if you do want to have a Skype session where you take <laughs> us through, you know, drum drum beats and mastering those um three ones that you need, you know, yeah. let us know because so, we'd love to do that as like a side episode. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess just like a, as a quick little summary, where can our listeners find you? Do you have any like upcoming shows? Like what's what's on the calendar for you at the moment? Um, we'll check out the album. Thou shall be free. Um, that's all on the internet. Uh, there's some vinyl floating around which you can buy off um, Bandcamp and all that. Nice. Um, and uh, eventually we're going to do an album tour. Uh, East Coast definitely, hopefully a bit more of Australia. Um, but we'll see what happens. But that'll be happening in a few months. Nice. Oh, nice. We probably need to go out and, you yeah. Know. And seeing you live because yeah. that would be pretty cool and I and like you know how we were talking about you know bringing you know the music to the live stage I really want to see how that plays out yeah 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 gonna be fun gotta find some good venues in Sydney you should yeah. play it check out Frankie's Pizza if you ever can 
I know Frankie's Pizza. Frankie's, Frankie's by the Slice. Good with, place. Uh, all the pinball machines. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the rock and roll horn of Sydney. But kind yeah. of like Cherry Bar for you guys. They have lots of bands play <laughs> yeah. there. So if you ever decide to play a show, <coughs> decide to play a show here, excuse me, um, check out Frankie's. They play, have lots of nice. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. That's like the one venue that stands out to me. <laughs> yeah, and like Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses um, did his solo album launch at Frankie's. That was just pretty cool. Oh, no shit. Wow. Um, uh, also, speaking of astrology, I just realized. Oh my God. Did... <laughs> Look at my shirt. And you had no idea. Has the, um... <laughs> there we go. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's Speaking pretty of. cool. That's a cool shirt. So, so for the listeners that obviously can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, see what's going on. I'm wearing a shirt with like all the astrology, like all the star signs, and um, wow, it was it was written. I actually forgot that I was wearing that completely, but you know, <laughs> what's written in the stars? It's very very on brand. <laughs> yeah, but um, thank you so much, Quang, for your time, and I'm sure you know we'll, we'll talk soon, and yeah. hopefully see you soon as well. Yeah. Yeah, no workers. I'll catch you up in Sydney. Yeah, no yes. worries. Thanks for your time. No worries. Have a great rest of the day. You're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound.